Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Hey listeners, uh, I know this is when the music typically cues up and then I start reading the psalm and the rest of the readings that will come in just a moment. I wanted to take a quick second to apologize for missing this morning, uh, Thursday. Uh, I'm going to try and start recording in the evening so that some of the, the morning snafus are fewer and farther between. I know I had a travel thing and then a sleeping in thing. And then this morning was a new work routine for my family, so uh, I'm going to try and record in the evening. But I also want to take a moment to update uh, my two, maybe three listeners, <laughs> uh, conse- uh, consistent listeners, that if you want to participate um, in, you know, or if you want to discuss any of the readings or the reflections that I provide, I've started a, a, a private community, a social network off of Facebook, I can't stand Facebook, um, this thing called Mighty Networks, it's it's like Facebook, but it's not. Nobody's buying your information and capturing all your data and shit. Um, you can go to pewpewcrew.com, and it's still free. I do plan to charge for membership in the future, um, but if you're listening to this now, uh, Friday morning, September 10th, it will still be free. Um but I wanted to invite you to participate in community, to interact around these readings and lectionary and and other important conversations that regard the human dignity of soldiers and veterans. Um, First Formation has its own group there within the Mighty Network uh, at pewpewcrew.com, um, and you can sign up there. And that's where I, every morning, I will hope to um, share a link to the latest episode along with a little one-line one snippet from Scripture using a couple of emojis. I really liked doing that uh, a while ago, but you know, I don't like Facebook, and I wasn't sure which Twitter handle I have to put it on, so everything's going to go to uh, this social network, Pew Pew Crew, um, in its own dedicated um, space. So you can sign up there, become a member of, I call it a circle, uh, the the first formation circle where I'll be posting every weekday morning the a link to the episode and if you already listen in Apple Podcasts Overcast uh, Spotify I don't know wherever you listen to your podcast that's fine you can still keep doing that if you want to go deeper and interact with other soldiers and veterans um, or allies around uh, first formation and the lectionary in particular or in general, what does it mean uh, to be a Christian soldier metaphorically um, in reality? Um, there's already a handful of us over there now. Most of us are members of the Hospitallers of St. Martin, which also has its own circle, a private uh, kind of secluded circle within Pew Pew Crew. Um, but I, I know there are a handful of you. I'm, I know that there's about uh, between 15 and 20. I'm being modest when I say one or two. Um, and I really appreciate that you continue to listen, even when I miss several mornings in a one-week span. Um, but come uh, check out pewpewcrew.com, find the First Formation Circle and sign up. 
Uh, it's, at, it's at no cost at all right now. Um, I do, as I've said, plan to um, uh, charge membership like a dollar a month just so that people have some skin off their teeth um, and that they're not just there to kind of troll people or to just kind of sit back and watch, um, but that it can be a private community where really thoughtful conversation hopefully can occur um, where, you know, we're not the product, you know, our information isn't being sold, um, and we're also not, you know, on the, the wider Internet where everybody can troll us or we control one another. That's just that's bad news. Um, but I hope you'll check it out, pewpewcrew.com. Uh, and without further ado, let me uh, get into this morning's readings and thank you once again for being uh, dedicated listeners to First Formation. Psalm 116, verses 1 through 9. I love the Lord because she has heard my voice and my supplications. Because she has inclined her ear to me, I will call on her as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called in the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, save my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord protects the simple. When I was brought low, she saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my, ear, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Joshua chapter 2, verses 15 through 24. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the outer side of the city wall, and she resided within the wall itself. She said to them, Go toward the hill country, so that the pursuers may not come upon you. Hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. The men said to her, We will be released from this oath that you have made us swear to you if we invade the land and you do not tie this crimson cord in the window through which you let us down, and you do not gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers and all your family. If any of you go out of the doors of your house into the street, they shall be responsible for their own death, and we shall not be and we shall be innocent. But if a hand is laid upon any who are with you in the house, we shall bear the responsibility for their death. But if you tell this bitterness of ours, then we shall be released from this oath that you made that you made us swear to you. Rahab said, According to your word, so be it. She sent them away and they departed. Then she tied the crimson cord in the window. They departed and went into the hill country and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers had searched all along the way and found nothing. Then the two men came down again from the hill country. They crossed over, came to Joshua son of Nun, and told him all that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands. Moreover, all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear before us. James chapter 2, verses 17 through 26. So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Someone may say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? 
Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. Good morning and welcome to the 14th Friday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 116, Joshua 2, and James 2. And James is one of my favorite uh, letters in the in the New Testament. Is there more than one James? No, I think there's... Shoot, yeah, there's like three James. I can't remember. It's late at night. Uh, I'm As I mentioned the, the intro, or just after the intro, I'm hoping to record these at night and, and post them uh, much more regularly. Um, and so I can't remember off the top of my head. There's one James. There's several Johns. There we go. Okay. Um, James is one of my favorites um, because he clearly knows um, Paul's you know, notoriety around f- grace alone. And Paul is um, trying to work against the religiosity of the Pharisees and the, the religious elites of which he used to be a member. And that religiosity was shut the fuck up, drive on, do the rituals, or you're not saved, or you're not a member of our community. You, don't, uh, you won't receive the blessing of God. If you aren't circumcised, if you aren't uh, restricting your diet, if you're not doing all these other things. And so Paul is engaging in a, a certain amount of polemics. Polemics is, uh, in Greek it could mean like war, but it's, it's also like adversarialism. Um, it's this back and forth rhetorical style that isn't necessarily degrading, but it 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 definitely can be combative. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so Paul, if you um, like, if if you think that Paul is the shit and he's basically the creator of Christianity, and he he makes a lot of kind of I'm not going to say departures, but like he he makes claims that Jesus doesn't seem to care to make, um, like grace alone. Like Paul is doing theology. Jesus is theology. Jesus in his very life, in his embodiment, in his incarnation is theology. And, and Paul's trying to like make sense of that mentally and, and, and everything, I think, um, I, I think that's important, but I also think that Paul is a product of his of his time, and we can. It's dangerous to read Paul as though he's speaking to all people everywhere at all times. The very fact that there's a number of epistles in which he addresses specific community, communities in a specific context with specific sets of assumptions is actually much more helpful to think about. And that's why I talk about Philippi and how his letter to the the Philippian Christians is actually also a letter to 
military veterans because that's what the Philippians were. Um, they were military families. Um, what he says to one group is he's not going to say to another. And so um, by you know the 60s, 70s AD, um, Paul has already gotten this reputation of being all about grace alone. And James says it specifically. We don't know for sure if it's the James, either of the two Jameses in the New Testament, if it's James the Just or James the Greater. Um, right? Greater and Just, I think, are the two of them. Anyway, um, but he sees that Paul is making this point over and over and over again. Um, you know, politicians have stump speeches. Uh, celebrities are like, motivational speakers have their like, you know, talking points. Grace alone is Paul's talking point. Um, and that is pissing off the Jews. But it's also, James thinks, um, is skewing the Christian faith. Um, and he, the author seems to sense where this could lead, where um, nothing matters because it's all God's grace. And it is all God's grace, but it isn't grace alone. That it's it's grace and these things that we do. Because um, the danger of grace alone, um, and I really do mean alone, and I think Paul may not have meant it in the way we take it, but I'm not Paul, I'm not a Pauline scholar, um, but I think the the danger, one of the dangers of that is that if it's all up to God, what I do doesn't matter. The positive interpretation of that is I don't deserve grace and I'm going to get it. But the negative interpretation of that is it doesn't matter what I do. I can do anything and it's entirely up to God. Um, and it it throws ethics and morality out the window. And this is important to a military audience um, or for military readers like myself, um, because this, there's this line that got thrown around when I started asking questions about how Christian soldiers are justified in killing. And grace alone was, was one of those things that got thrown around. It doesn't matter what you do. God loves you anyway. Um, I was told by a Baptist uh, officer um, that Jesus only died once on the cross. You don't kill him again. I, I don't understand his point, to be frank. Um, but you, you doing wrong puts Jesus on the cross, and you can't do that. And so nothing you do is wrong. I mean, and he didn't say that last point, but like he, he basically kind of did. I mean, he strongly implied it. Um. And this can come out in subtle ways. Um, one of the lines that you know also got thrown around, still gets thrown around, is that you know it's just a job, whether you're infantrymen or combat arms or not. This idea that the military is just a job, um, that we as human beings are distinct from the work that we do. Um, look, I just clock in. Uh, all I'm doing is selling my time or my labor, and then I go home, and then that's really me. Um, but this nine to five, like that's not me. Um, that kind of thinking is wrong. I mean, it clearly is you. You become the person that you behave like. Uh, if you spend 20 years in the military, 
and you think it's just a job, well, good luck with that. Um, not only are you going to probably get a, a pension, maybe some disability, you're also going to get a military record that's always accessible to the public. People always know you for being military. And it's, gonna, it's really going to shape what your options and uh, potential is in the civilian world. Um, if you're in for you know, 181 days and you, you, you get some kind of you know, medical discharge or something and you're not uh, uh, an early separation, um, it, it won't affect you in the same ways, to the same extent. The more you do of something, the more you become the kind of person that does that thing that you do. Um, and so there's no such thing as just a job. My parents were educators. That was their job, but that's also who they were. Um, and, and this is part of the reason why I think we have to get away in the military of using language of warriors as though that's the most important thing we do. Um, I don't think it is. Uh, I think service um, and being God's steward, stewards of God's order um, is much more important. And violence may at some point, you know, we might find that it's necessary at some point, um, but our imagination has become so corrupt that nearly across the political spectrum, we just assume that the military is about fighting wars. And it's patently not true. If that is, um, I mean, that makes us a pretty imperialistic nation. And that, some people may be nodding their heads, yes, that's true, we are. Um, I don't subscribe to that. I, I, I think there's a pretty significant difference between uh, the American, you know, American history and British imperial history and Roman imperial history. Um, that isn't to excuse it, but that is to say that there's some there's some pretty substantive differences. Um, I'd say there's there's more corporate um, you know kind of imperialism or culpability than there is national at this point. Um, to talk about the nation as somehow driving <laughs> driving things and not commercial entities, uh, I think does those commercial entities a lot of favors. But anyway. Um, there's no such thing as just a job. You are the things that you do. Um, God does provide grace. Um, but that isn't an, an excuse to do wrong, to do things that we know we don't need to do. Um, you know, show me um, faith without works, um, and I'll show you uh, dead faith. Um, the and I, I think it's apropos that, you know, the, if it's true that something is just a job, um, that makes it, you know, nothing but a nine to five. I think of this movie that I watched as a kid, Joe and the Volcano, Joe versus the Volcano. At the very beginning, Tom Hanks's character, Joe, is in this little bunker of a, of a cubicle in the basement, and he sees the, the fluorescent lights flicker, and he's just, he's just depressed, and, and he hates his life. And that's what you get when the, your job is just a job, uh, when you want to, with all your being, separate yourself from the things that you do because, because the thing that goes unsaid is that you hate the things that you do, and so you call it a job. Um, and that is tragic. Um, that is unfortunate to, uh, you know, to have to disassociate yourself from the things that you do for, you know, upwards of eight hours a day. Um, faith is the same way. Faith and works is 
ingrained in what we do on you know normal everyday kind of matters um that god doesn't just you know magically appear one day and and um make everything go away god comes and assesses who you are who you've become by doing the things you do whether you call it work whether you get paid for it or not um because god is interested in the kinds of people that restore um God's, you know, good creation to the way it's supposed to be by being good people, by doing good things, and by uh, showing good fruit. A prayer for Labor Day from the American Prayer Book by Marcy Albergetti. Jesus, carpenter, teacher, and itinerant preacher, You worked hard every day of your life. You surrounded yourself with men and women who knew the dignity and necessity of physical work. You brought your message to those who lived more often in tents and huts than in palaces and temples. Lord, when we are overwhelmed, worried about, or just plain bored by our work, encourage us. Grant us the patience and the skill to do our jobs well. When we are anxious about our work, ease our minds and secure our positions. When we are unemployed or underemployed, lead us to the kind of employment that will provide dignity and sustenance. Help us always to speak out for workers in this country throughout the world. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.